Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com. Or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. It's time to get inside the Giants home. Let's go, let's go, let's go. On Giants.com. I like it, I like it, I like it. And the Giants mobile app. Give me some juice. Part of the Giants podcast network. Let's roll. Welcome to another edition of the Giants Huddle Podcast brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York football Giants. I am John Schmelk. He was one of our original draft analysts that joined us on our Giants content probably almost a decade ago now, and it's good to talk to him again. It's been a couple of years. He is Rob Rang, who covers the NFL draft for Fox Sports. You can find all his great uh, stuff on foxsports.com. Rob, it's good to talk to you, man. How are you? I'm doing very well, John. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, It's great to to see you. Great to talk to you as well, sir. Yeah, it, it is great to reconnect again, man. So let's start here. We'll start with the micro first with the combine coming up next week. We'll start on the offensive side of the ball. Who are the offensive players that you're most anxious to see work at the combine and get some numbers on their athleticism and maybe even their their measurements? Well, I think that you have to start the conversation at quarterback. I mean, always. just uh, It's not just because it's obviously the most important position in sports, but the 2024 draft class, John, is is really a gifted class when it comes to quarterbacks. I would love to see the the speed from, say, a J.J. McCarthy or just to, to see Jaden Daniels. I mean, obviously, he won the Heisman Trophy. Um, we know how accurate that he is down the field, but I think it's going to be an awful lot of fun to see him in Lucas Oil Stadium just uh, throwing those darts all over the field. Um, and then to see if there is any, um, if there is, if, if Caleb Williams, if Drake May, if, if they choose to throw the football, if they're is any way that they can separate themselves a little bit. And then, of course, the other skill positions. That This is uh, yet another extremely talented wide receiver group. Um, I, I want to see if all of the hype is uh, justified when it comes to Marvin Harrison Jr. We know he's a terrific football player, but is he going to run in the four threes like his dad did all those years ago? Uh, some people had his dad in the four twos. So I, I'm curious about that. Malik Neighbors from LSU, I think, is a guy that uh, is, is likely to light up the stopwatches. Um, so I'm very curious about him. And, you know, one of my personal favorites and a guy that I think is going to get a lot more buzz for himself. Uh, I mentioned one national champion, JJ McCarthy, his wide receiver, Roman Wilson, when he winds up running in the four threes, then all this talk, I, I have, I've had him in the second round all year long. And some people have been kind of scoffing at that when he runs in the four three, John, I think that there's going to be a lot of people jumping on his bandwagon. Yeah, I think, you know, I kind of put him and Lad McConkey in the same type of bucket, right? I kind of, same type of position, the way they play receiver. I'm curious to see how McConkey runs. Some people think he's going to be in the 4-4s. I watch him on tape. I think he's maybe closer to a 4-4, 8-4, 5 guy. 
I think that's going to be big for him. And I think another guy in that second tranche of wide receivers is Keon Coleman. What is he going to run, right? How can he separate himself from the Brian Thomases, the A.D. Mitchells, the Troy Franklins with, I think, that second group of wide receivers is really kind of a chef's choice situation right now. I think chef's choice, I think, is a great way of putting it. Uh, you know, they're like a Keon Coleman, for example. I, I'm looking, I expect a time more in the low to mid four fives. Yeah, if four, five, stop, five, right? Something like that. I agree. Exactly. I, I think that's a, a very good time for him. And that, that at least that matches up with what you see on tape with him. I mean, he's a big body guy who's going to go up and snatch the football out of the air. And he definitely has some uh, some plays uh, for Florida State and previously at Michigan State, in which he ran away from competition, but not like a Roman Wilson, not like a Troy Franklin from, from Oregon. Those guys I expect to be, again, in, in the four threes to low four fours. I, I love that you mentioned Lab McConkey. You know, he is a guy that uh, was obviously very impressive at the Senior Bowl, uh, as was Roman Wilson. And, you know, has a great deal of, of name recognition for him, playing for a high-profile program like the Georgia Bulldogs. It's not just a straight line speed that I want to see from Lab McConkey. I want to see like the shuttle times um, because again, those are the things that uh, that will just justify what you see on on tape. Put some actual numbers to what we've been seeing on tape from him for the last several years. Yeah, we saw him shake guys at the Senior Bowl with that side to side coming in out of his breaks and all that stuff. So I agree. I think that's big. Um, offensive lineman, real quick. How much? How seriously? And what's important to you when these offensive linemen work out? Because I think. When you talk about that second group of wide receivers that are very tightly bunched, I think you get past Joe Alt and Olu Fashinu. I think that next group, to me at least, I know a lot of people have Fuanga ahead of a lot of the other guys. I have him in that same group with the Tyler Guytons, the J.C. Lathams, the Jordan Morgans, the Troy Fontenews. I have all those guys kind of hovering in that mid-first round area. What type of testing are you looking for from those guys that can maybe help evaluate and separate them a little bit? You know, it's it is going to be some of the athletic testing. It's also going to be the you know as far as the forty yard dash stuff uh, and the bench press, and a lot of it is going to be just the interview process as well. You know, uh, many of those offensive linemen were were asked to play in relatively simple schemes at the collegiate level, and so how are they able to uh, you know decipher uh, NFL defenses on the whiteboard when they have these interviews with uh, NFL coaches and general managers? But I. I Love the fact that you mentioned the offensive lineman in terms of workouts, because I think there's a lot of fans out there that will just kind of scoff at that. And obviously, offensive linemen are very rarely going to be asked to run 40-yard dash times. But it's interesting, you know, since you and I have actually talked last, John, I've had a couple of opportunities to, to talk with some, uh, you know, big time D one coaches and, and also some NFL general managers. And when I kind of scoffed myself at the idea of 40 yard dash times for offensive linemen in particular, they're like, no, this is a significant number for us. We have, and it's not just the 10 yard dash. Everybody mentions the 10, the 10 yard splits. Excuse me. It's not just that they want 40 yard dash times. They don't want big sloppy guys. They want guys who are legitimate athletes. And so, because this is a terrific offensive tackle class, and I say specifically offensive tackles, it's a solid guard and center group, but the tackles are just as good as it gets. I mean, it is the best positional group by far in this draft class. Um, I'm curious to see what, say, Italia Sifuaga 
you know, from um, from Oregon State, uh, a Troy Fatuanu from Washington. What they're I wouldn't be surprised at all, John. If they're both right there about 5.0 in the 40 yard dash, considering that each of them are 320 pounds plus. You know, that, that those would be phenomenal times. Tyler Guyton from Oklahoma as well. Those are the three guys who I really think are going to be impressive. J.C. Latham at, at 350 pounds. I mean, if he <laughs> runs a time like them, then that that's just that much more uh, credence to, again, what we've seen on tape, you know, and, and all the hype, of course, when he signed Alabama. But I don't see that type of explosive athletic ability. I see power, certainly. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he is one of those guys that doesn't necessarily wow in the bench press. He's got very long arms. But I do think that he, you, you see his explosive power, the way he moves people. So I do think that it's going to be an interesting year for testing for offensive linemen this year. And I do think you're going to see some differentiation this year from the combine and where people are going to start stacking the board. Jordan Morgan, for example, the Arizona tackle, I'm not quite as high on him as a lot of people seem to be. I do think that he'll work out well, but when I watch the tape of him, to me, the Fotanus, the um, um, the you know Taliesi Fuaga again from Oregon State, J.C. Latham, and then uh, Tyler Guyton, to me, those are right there with the aforementioned Olufashanu and certainly Joel. Those five, six offensive linemen, I expect to come off the board in the top 20, 25 picks, and then I think you're going to see a little bit of a gap between that next group. Yeah, and then, you know, we even mentioned a guy like Kingsley Sumataya, who I think is yeah. also a really high upside type of guy, a little raw. You know, I want to see these guys do the drill work, too, the untimed stuff, just seeing them move, do their kicks, seeing them, you know, just how athletic they can be. And 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 we'll get back to the offense. I mean, last one on offense real quick. I almost feel for Brock Bowers here, Rob. I know you're a huge Brock Bowers guy. I think he's a great player, too. I think the expectations now are so high for him and how he's going to work out. Like, he can't win. Unless he somehow runs like a 4-4-1. Like people are like, oh yeah, I mean, that's what we expected out of Brock Bowers. That's how high the expectations I think are for his testing. I, I 100% agree with you. I mean, I just wrote an article for Fox Sports on the top 10 tight ends in this draft class. And, you know, the, the headline I gave was that uh, Brock Bowers is special and so is the depth of this year's tight end class. And I guess that was just too long because uh, my editor basically said, nope, we're just going to call Brock Bowers historic. And I think, my <laughs> goodness, what pressure you're putting on this young man. Now, let's be real. This is a guy who only played three seasons at Georgia, and he was a three-time All-American. He's a two-time John Mackey Award winner, you know, for a two-time national champion. Uh, you know, he's a phenomenal player. He is the best tight end I've ever seen play at the college level. That doesn't necessarily mean he is going to be, you know, the next Travis Kelsey, um, you know, at the NFL level. I mean, he obviously has to go to a team that's going to be able to really take advantage of his skill set. But I do see a phenomenal player. I, I see a guy that can snatch the ball out of the air, that can, uh, you know, really does an incredible job of bouncing off contact. We often talk about uh, contact balance at running backs, for example. I, I see that with Brock Bowers. But I, I think there's some other very good tight ends in this class. Uh, Jatavian Sanders, for example, from Texas, is a player that, I think a lot of people are sleeping on. He, I wouldn't be surprised at all, John, if he winds up being a late first round selection. He is another one who I think is going to work out very, very well. Uh, so again, th this is a tight end class that everybody is going to focus on Brock Bowers for, for good reason. But this is a better tight end class. I think a lot of people realize. And I think you're going to start to see that with some of the workout results that we see at this year. 
Giants Total Podcast is brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the Giants. From game day to every day, Citizens is made ready for Giant fans with insights, guidance, and solutions. Learn more at citizensbank.com. All right, Rod, let's go to defense here. We know the three-cone drill for edge rushers is really important. A lot of people, you know, GMs take that very seriously. It has proven to be predictive of how good some of these players are going to be. What do you think of the top of this edge class? Because I really think it's guys with different styles, right? Latu is more of your smaller technician, bendy. Jared Verse is just a guy that explodes out of his stands, wins with power and speed. Not sure how flexible that he is. You know, and then you have Chop Robinson, who's just a bag full of traits. Uh, how do you break down the top of this edge class? I even mentioned Dallas Turner, who might be the first guy off the board. Yeah, I think I think Dallas Turner has a very, very good chance of being the, the first player off the board of uh, the edge rushers. Uh, you know, just the the production that he had at Alabama. It's funny, uh, you know, when you lose a player like Will Anderson Jr., um, who of course was the number three overall selection defensive rookie of the year for the Houston Texans, and you actually have better production off the edge this season. It really is a testament to just the. You know, the, the turn style of talent that uh, Nick Saban collected in, in Tuscaloosa. Um, I, I think that Dallas Turner, his burst, I think you're going to see that in the 40 yard dash. The the guy who I think is actually going to be the most impressive in terms of workouts is, and you mentioned him as chop Robinson. I mean, he is as quick off the ball. as just about any edge rusher that I've seen. And I've been doing this now for 25 years, John. And I mean, his speed is just phenomenal. He's not the most powerful guy. Um, you better have a plan for him. But, uh, you know, I think sometimes because his nickname or his nickname is Chop, then sometimes people assume that he uses his hands well. And there are flashes of that. But truly the flash of Chop Robinson is, again, that first step in the way he can kind of careen around the corner like he's on a street bike. He is absolutely phenomenal in that way. One of my favorite players of the edge rusher group is Leatu Latu from UCLA. And he just led the Pac-12 in sacks and tackles for loss and in forced fumbles. I mean, that's that's all you're looking for. At the same time, he's got some medical questions. He was originally at University of Washington. A neck injury forced him to possibly or potentially uh, retire. UCLA wound up clearing him. Um, and of course the last two seasons with the Bruins, he's had no injury problems. As I mentioned before, he was absolutely spectacular this past season. He was the Morris trophy award winner, um, as the best defensive lineman in the PAC 12 as voted on by the offensive lineman of the PAC 12. But I, I don't see a dynamic athlete. I see a really good football player who again, chop Robinson has the, the flashy nickname, but I think that Leatu Latu actually chops his hands a little bit better. I know he locates the football better. Uh, I think that he is one of the better football players in this class. But I don't know that you're necessarily going to see the flashy workouts. And because of that, I think that when if he does put up relatively pedestrian numbers, at least compared to other first or second round prospects, then I think there's going to be an awful lot of talk about, oh, Latu's numbers or Latu's grade is going down the eyes of scouts. The only thing I think it's really going to matter, Leatu Latu at the combine, is going to be how the medical uh, prognosis comes out with each of the individual 32 NFL teams. No, I agree. Medical is going to be huge for him. Cornerback, Rob, you talk to six different guys that that do what you do, do what I do, and they'll have six different rankings in terms of the order of their top four or five cornerbacks in this draft. You know, and it's some combination of Terry on Arnold, Nate Wiggins, Cooley McKinstry, uh, Quinion Mitchell, who was fantastic at the senior bowl you know and i the one and I'll, I'll be honest this is my opinion i think i saw it on your top 50 i think he was your top cornerback too i understand maybe he's not the most physical guy in the world at the line of scrimmage but if i'm gonna choose one corner in this class 
in a one-on-one situation, go cover that guy and he's not going to beat you. I'm picking Nate Wiggins. He's tall. He's he he comes in and out. His transitions with his hips are so loose. I think in terms of a pure coverage guy, and again, you want to knock him for things and run defense and not being physical. I get all that. He's a slender guy. Terry and Arnold is a tackle and machine. Nate Wiggins is not. But if I'm asking somebody just to go cover that dude in this class, I'm picking Wiggins. I am as well. And you, you just made the case for it. And just think about the the league that uh, we are now covering. Um, you know, it is all about the ball. It's all about pass defense. And uh, I think that you, I think there are certain players that, um, that will play more physically when they truly have their contract on the line. They have playing time on the line. And I believe that Nate Wiggins is one of those players. They, is he as physical as, uh, you know, you mentioned Terry and Arnold from Alabama. I mean, again, terrific football player, all-around player. He's going to be an easy slam dunk first-round pick. Um, but at the same time, in terms of who I think is going to wow during workouts, uh, Nate Wiggins from Clemson is my top-rated corner. And I think that he is going to put up the type of numbers that are going to make a lot of other people start to wonder if he's going to be the number one corner off this uh, draft class as well. Uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry from Alabama is a, is a very good athlete in his own right. He is a player that actually, I think, at times, has struggled with the consistency in, in terms of open field tackling and things of that nature. That's where I believe that be, because I saw Kool-Aid McKinstry improve over his career, that's where I basically think that Wiggins is going to be able to do as well. He's just a young man. And I, again, when he gets to the NFL level, I think that uh, that you are going to see that improvement. And that's why I do expect him to be, if not the very first corner selected, certainly in the top two and very likely to be a top half of the first round guy. You love turf. You're good at it. So you start a turf biz. Business grows. Your savings grow. Become the most celebrated name in turf. Are you ready for all that life brings? All right. Uh, before we move on to some bigger top of the draft stuff with the Giants at six, Rob, any other players on defense or on offense for that matter that we didn't touch on that you think the combine is especially important for, whether it's the workouts, interviews, or medicals that we haven't talked about so far? You know, to be honest with you, not really. I mean, I, I'm, I'm expect what I'm kind of curious to to see. And I know that Giants fans are not going to be as worried at the running back position because you have a superstar in Saquon Barkley. Though um, he's a free you know, agent, but, Rob, so we'll see if he's back. <laughs> exactly. And so I, you know, I'm anticipating at least that the Giants are, are going to want Saquon Barkley back. I don't see a running back in this class that I think is a special talent. I'm not sure that I see a running back in this class that's frankly is is worthy of not only first round consideration, but I would argue maybe there's not a back in this class that, that's really worthy of second round consideration. Is there a back that really can step out um, at the combine here? And whether it be in straight line speed stuff, I mean, that's everybody looks at, of course. Um, is it a back that that maybe surprises people? Like, very different type of a back. But Wisconsin's Braylon Allen, for example, when you're 245 pounds, exactly what type of, what type of speed do you have? What type of, uh, you know, change of direction do you possess? There, there, are, there are moments where you see flashes with him. Um, you know, I, I know like an Oregon's Bucky Irving, for example, is going to fly. That, that's great. You, you see that on tape. But I want to see the guys who actually have the, the bulk to be able to, you know, 
carry the rock the entire time and still be able to demonstrate that they have that explosiveness. So I, I think that the running back position just as a whole is going to be one that is going to be fasting in this type of a process. Cause I basically feel like you have four or five backs who are all kind of lumped in together. I want to see if anybody is able to vault ahead of the rest. Yeah. Can someone go from role player to a guy? Oh, maybe this guy can be our full-time back, which I'm not sure you really think any of these guys are, are, are there quite yet. Giant fans love a winner. It's why they love Citizens. Named a 2022 Best Bank in the U.S. by The Banker as the official bank of the Giants and sponsor of the Giants Huddle. Citizens is made ready for fans of Big Blue. Learn more at citizensbank.com. All right, Rob, Giants at six here. So let's go through some of the basics. This is the stuff that we're going to try to find out at the Combine next week when we're talking to people in the league and doing all that stuff and getting the intel. All right, let's start here. Simple. How sure are you right now that the top three picks in this draft will be quarterbacks? Uh, I'm not at all sure, uh, just because of the fact that, you know, obviously you have the Chicago Bears number one overall, that uh, I I don't think that they want to complicate things quite as much by taking a quarterback and keeping Justin Fields. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, there's been an awful lot of buzz, of course, Atlanta Falcons right now seem to be the betting favorites and for all kinds of reasons all of them seem to be as important as who justin fields is following on social media hashtag <laughs> sarcasm you know i mean i i just think that uh but i my point with that john though is that i think that uh you know we here we have another couple of months where there you're gonna be you have some new coaches some new general managers and some spots that i think are gonna have to be very aggressive um because if the chicago bears do decide to cut ties with justin fields basically what that's saying to me is that this is a club that recognizes that he's a talent, recognizes that he's a leader, and he's just as gutty as it gets. I mean, this is a guy who's gone through some big hits and and played well at times for them. But you're going to have to reset the clock, of course, um, and with that rookie contract. Otherwise, you're going to be paying a player that, 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 frankly, hasn't demonstrated that he can put a team on his back and at least carry him with his arm. He can carry them with his legs. He's demonstrated that. So I think that there is a possibility that um, a club comes up and makes that trade and Chicago maybe moves two or three or four spots down um, and that you could see some, you know, a wide receiver like a Marvin Harrison Jr. You could see a Brock Bowers. You could, uh, you know, I don't, I think that you are going to see quarterbacks come off the board with two of the top three picks, maybe even all, you know, three in a row. I just I'm nervous about this quarterback class at the very, very top. I, I don't see the huge difference between a Caleb Williams as, as talented as he is. I have some concerns about the, the leadership ability. I have some concerns about the, the hero ball tendencies I see with him. A lot of freelancing, everybody cites right? the fa- Yeah, everybody cites the, cites the fact that he doesn't throw very many interceptions, but my goodness, he fumbles the ball an awful lot. You know, and, and Drake May, as good as he is at North Carolina – I just, I want to see more big games from him. The fact that he struggled against North Carolina State, the very end of his uh, redshirt sophomore year, and then still decided to come out early. That, again, raises some questions for me about, you know, the the mental aspect of this. Now, he is very well known uh, on the scouting circuit as far as being a, you know, a great competitor. But still, I have some concerns about him. And then, oh, by the way, Jaden Daniels, as good as he is, I think that when you start looking at the wide receiver talent that he had, then it's easier to pick some holes in his game as well. 
So again, I, I liked all three quarterbacks, but I also like guys like a Michael Penix or a Bo Nix, uh, you know, that I think that obviously you're going to be able to get a little bit later in this draft class. And so I think that some of the special talent actually plays closer to the line of scrimmage. And so that's why I wouldn't be surprised at all, John, if we see some teams that are going to be looking to move or, uh, you know, looking to try to perhaps not go for the, the gamble of, a, of the young quarterback and instead go with different positions. Interesting. All right. So the Giants at six here, I think if they want to get Daniels, Mayor Williams, they're going to have to trade up, right? Do you agree with that? One of those guys won't be sitting there at six. I agree. So I, I, I believe so. But again, I like to me, the one that Jaden Daniels is the one that I think could slip down the board just a little bit, because again, when people start to look at that slim frame, he's another one, you know, we just kind of brushed over him as far as the combine. What does he actually weigh in at? Uh, you know, and when you get that eye test, you know, we're, we're coming off of a year when everybody made fun about, you know, Bryce Young and the high heels that he was wearing, essentially, uh, you know, when he was at the podium um, at the combine a year ago. I mean, is Jaden Daniels going to be wearing loose fitting sweats because he's got thighs like a runway model more than like an NFL quarterback? And there's going to be some concerns about that. And I, I think that that's one of the things that the combine is all about the over analysis of, of all these players. Obviously, Jane Dan's a terrific football player. I, I saw that back in Arizona State, much less what he did at LSU, of course. But at the same time, so many of the things that Jane Daniels did so well at both ASU and LSU was his improvisational ability and his ability to scramble. And you start getting some of the linebackers in the NFC East hitting those quarterbacks, especially a slim guy like a Jane Daniels, then again, there's going to be some concerns. All right, you mentioned that next group, and I think this is where it gets interesting, right? And I would put McCarthy, Penix, and Nix kind of in that next group together. Where do you well, when do you think those three guys are going to stop start going off the boards? Because I have giant fans tweeting me, all right, well, if the top three guys are gone, that's fine. Just take one of the other three guys at six. And I'm sitting there like, how am I gonna not pick a Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunzi, Joe Alt, or Olu Fashanu? who I think are all legitimate blue chip players, right? That I think are going to be Pro Bowl caliber players at very important positions to select quarterbacks that, look, we know Daniel Jones had his injury issues, but just from like a talent tools perspective, I don't know if those guys are any better than what Daniel Jones has in, 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 in terms of physical tools, right? So how early would you start thinking about the McCarthy, Penix, and uh, Bo Nix group when you get to that second group of quarterbacks. So for me, John, I, I have the, the four quarterbacks that I think are easy first round selections. The three that we've already mentioned before, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, and then JJ McCarthy in my mind is the first round quarterback. Uh, I know that the statistics don't suggest that, but it is the composure in big games. And obviously he had a lot of big games at Michigan. It is the pinpoint accuracy when he needed it, that I am just willing to project to the NFL and obviously he played in a pro style scheme and all those things. Uh, I, we talked about Jaden Daniels in a slim frame. You know, I'm curious to see what JJ McCarthy is going to weigh in at how, just how accurate was Michigan who listed him at 199 pounds for much of this past season. So I'm curious to see what JJ McCarthy looks like in person in that way. But what I see with him is a legitimate first round caliber quarterback. I think Michael Penix, when he has a clean pocket, He's might, might just be the most accurate quarterback in this draft class. I mean, there are some moments where he looks like an all pro. 
Um, certainly in the Sugar Bowl victory over Texas that a lot of people watched. You know, that was as spectacular of a performance as I've seen at the college level since maybe Joe Burrow in the national championship a couple of years back. I mean, it was just spectacular, the accuracy on the 30, 40, 50-yard bombs that he was throwing. And then you watch him against Michigan. You watch him against Oregon. You watch him against uh, Stanford, even, Oregon State. There were some times when once he got pushed off of his spot, then the accuracy plummets. And of course, in the NFL, that's going to happen all the time. And don't even have to mention the durability issues that, that he has had over his illustrious career. You know, those first four years in Indiana, all of them ended with injuries, including two ACLs and one an injury to his throwing shoulder. So again, there's some scary stuff there. Bo Nix is such an interesting, dynamic quarterback, dual threat guy. But at the same time, I haven't seen a lot of the clutch factor that I want to see from a quarterback if I'm going to take him in the first round. So in my opinion, John, I've got those four quarterbacks, again, in the order, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, J.J. McCarthy. I think all four of them are going to be top 20 selections. After that, I think that there's a possibility. I do believe it's going to be Michael Penix, assuming that the medical comes out okay. I think it's going to be Michael Penix going to be the fifth quarterback off the board. And I think that's going to happen somewhere either in the last couple of selections in the first round, maybe somebody trading back up into the tail portion of the first round to get that fifth year rookie option on the, on the contract or in the top of the second round. That's where I think that he should go is in the top of second round. For me, Bo Nix is a solid second round pick. Um, I, I love the, the dual threat ability, but again, the fact that he beat Alabama as a freshman Auburn is exciting. But he the O on his helmet, and I I apologize here, but the O on his helmet basically suggested just just about how many times that he was able to beat his rivals. After that, um, they, he ended up beating Oregon State once, but he also lost once, and then he of course you know had a donut against the University of Washington over two seasons, including the Pac-12 championship game when they were a huge favorite, and there were some disappointing throws in, in those games. So again, I for me. To your point about all of the talent, a wide receiver and offensive tackle in particular. And again, I would argue that that uh, tight end corner, there's some really good players out there as well. For the Giants at number six overall, considering the flashes that we've seen from Daniel Jones, I, I just think that the Giants would be in a better position to go with a different player at a different position, a Malik Neighbors, a, uh, uh, a Roma Dunze. Um, one of those offensive tackles. Um, I, I personally think the wide receivers are where the Giants should go. Just because I think I want to see Daniel Jones when he has a full, legitimate superstar wide receiver out there and then really uh, assess what he can do. No, I'm with you, Rob. And then look, if, if you want to back yourself up here and get another young quarterback in the building and maybe you're the team that moves up into the very end of the first round to, to, to grab Penix as competition, great. I, I, I'm fine with that. I just can't sell myself on McCarthy at six over yeah. the guys you mentioned. Um, so we're on the same page. Neighbors of Dunzier, how much do you have separating those two players in terms of grade? Obviously different styles. I think Odunze probably fits the hole in the Giants receiving core better. They have a speed guy in Hyatt, a slot guy in Robinson. They're missing that true X, which I think Odunze is, right? While Neighbors is more of kind of that two-way, inside-outside type of guy. But I think Neighbors probably is a higher-graded player for me overall. How much is separating those two guys for you? Not much. Uh, I think that they both deserve you know legitimate top-10 uh, conversation. Um, as you said, they're very different type players. Um, you know, I, I'm a big 
Adunze guy just because the fact that he basically played his ball in you know my backyard essentially. I'm over here in you know greater Seattle area, and I basically was able to watch every game that he's played at University of Washington the last three years, and just time after time. Washington would go to him in critical situations. And with the one exception of the national championship game or, you know, Penix missed him on a deep ball. That was a, was a huge play in, in that game. And whether you want to blame Penix, you want to blame Roma Dunze, whatever there, obviously there was a mix up there and the play didn't happen. But otherwise when the ball is in the air, Roma Dunze comes down with it. And, and so that is something that I think would really fit in nicely with the New York Giants. And I can speak to Roma Dunze's just um, his character, um, his work ethic, uh, his toughness. You know, the broken ribs is now the, a story that's been well circulated. I mean, that, was, that happened in, I believe, in late September, early October. He played all year long with broken ribs. That not a diva. Sustained. He is not a diva wide receiver. Exactly. And and there is some concern, I guess, or at least for some, that Malik Neighbors may be a little bit of that. Now, I would push back against that. I, I hesitate even to mention it. But again, that's where I think that because these wide receivers are so are stacked so close together, then I do think that that's something you have to get, you have to learn a little bit more about. He, the, the Neighbors did not play senior season of high school football because he had a late transfer. And so the people are going to want to know why he made that late transfer. Now, his high school coach, the new high school coach in which he went to, was kind of effusive in his praise of Malik Neighbors as a senior and how he was coaching his new teammates from the sideline. So that to me shows a young man at 17, 18 years old that, that does have his heart and mind in the right place. But at the same time, why the transfer in the first place? Why the, um, you know, why wasn't he even more productive than he was at LSU? And he was unbelievably productive. I mean, he left after that records. Years. Yeah, exactly. The most productive player and receiver in LSU history. But still, when you watch the talent of this young man, it's like, my goodness, this guy really should be able to come into the NFL and be a superstar. So if you're going to, uh, you know, just put me on the spot here, I think the better player is Malik Neighbors. That's who I think that every team that needs another wide receiver, as the Giants, in my opinion, do even though he's a little bit more of a duplicate to what you already have on the field. And I, again, I love Roma Dunze, uh, but and I do think that his skill set fits in better with what the giants currently have right now on paper. But at the same time, I think that Malik neighbors is a guy that can make more people miss in a phone booth and make bigger plays more consistently rather than just down the field. And when I see Daniel Jones, I see a guy that because of his running ability, I would love to see a little bit more kind of read option type of runs and, and just in throws that are the short to intermediate level rather than the deep down the field post corner routes and the, you know, the, the jump ball situations uh, kind of routes that. I think that Adunze uh, is better than neighbors. Yeah, and neighbors can turn a five-yard catch into a eighty-yard run. It, it snap of yeah. the fingers. I think once again, Rob. It's funny we haven't exchanged notes. We're very much on the same page on all this stuff. Two top offensive tackles: Joe Alt, Olufashinu. I can't quite figure it out. I know he didn't have the best game against Ohio State, especially in the fourth quarter. I thought he was pretty good early in that game. People seem to be a little down on Olufashinu, and I, I don't quite know why. Um, he, you said it in your scouting report. I think you said you would never call a 320 pound man graceful, but that's what you call Olufashinu. And I agree. I love the way he moves. If you like Alt a little bit better, I think that's fine. Uh, and some people do. He's also a really good player. 
But, you know, people that are telling maybe Fashinu is the third best tackle. I think that's crazy talk. How close do you have Alton Fashinu on your list? And and how close do you think they are in terms of grade? You know, I, I have Alton by a fairly significant margin. And the reason why is I just think that he's more pro-ready. Uh, and, and again, I... That's I, fair. I, I agree with that. I, I, I hate to, to, you know question people's toughness and things like that, because I have not been in that locker room. I've met any of these players, these particular players in, in person. Um, but with Alt, what I've seen is just the, the ability to move people consistently in the running game as well as in pass protection. But Sean, again, as you said, uh, you know, the grace, uh, I think that he could be a better player. Uh, I think then then all I think he could be the best offensive tackle in this class, and that's saying an awful lot because this is a spectacular class. I don't think he currently is that, and just given some of the pass rushers that he's going to see in the NFC East division specifically, uh, that's what would make me a little bit nervous. And and just New York City is such a unique place, a unique market. I think that that the the Giants have to do their homework on terms of not only obviously the tape, but just the young man and his mentality and what he's going to bring there. And so that's something that I don't know either of these players well enough. But what I can say is that you go to Notre Dame, then the expectations are through the roof. Um, and so I do think that there's something to be said about that. And so, I again, I just think that Alt is the safer player. I don't know that he's ever going to be an all-pro. I think that he is going to be a 10-year starter for you. And again, the the fact that his father, of course, is a you know NFL offensive lineman and you know the Pro Bowls and all that kind of stuff. Again, I just think that he's a safer player. If you are going for the home run, um, then I definitely understand why Shawnee would, would be somebody that uh, that the teams would be really excited about. And I I know for a fact I've talked to some clubs that that do view him as the best tackle in this class. At least that's what they're telling me. Um, and uh, and I wouldn't be surprised at all to see both of them come off the board in the top ten. You're ready for a change. Payday comes early with citizens. So go to that retreat. New you moves to the country. Now you're raising goats and launching a lifestyle brand. Are you ready for all that life brings? Agree. Would you consider, given your love for the player, I know it's a different position, would you take Bowers over either Alt or Neighbors or Dunzier? I, I would strongly consider it, especially for a team like the Giants, especially if they bring back a, a, a you know, Saquon Barkley. And so you have, uh, again, a, a quarterback in Daniel Jones who has the athleticism to be able to keep defenses honest. You have a running back who has that that true, you know, like you said before, with Malik Neighbors can turn a five-yard play into an 80-yard play. Barkley can do that, of course. Um, and Bowers, to me, is just, I think that he complements what the Giants already have so, so well. Um, you know, so, and, and again, the, the expectation of, of playing for a national champion, the confidence is a young man who grows up in California and says, I want to play SEC football and goes all the way across the country starts, of course, as a freshman at, at Georgia and has all of that success and it never goes to his head. I mean, everybody, you know, he's described as Captain America by some of his teammates because not only because he's a uh, all American for three years in a row, but because of just how down to earth and easygoing and and humble and uh, and what a leader that he has been for them. So to me, there's I think that that should be a conversation. I can't believe I'm saying that for a tight end, you know, at number six overall. But that's just how darn good I think that Brock Bowers is. All right, final question, and then great stuff, Rob. This has been awesome. It's been great catching up with you. How willing would you be for the Giants at six to trade out of that spot 
you know, out past 10, let's say anytime, any pick after 10 and trade out of the chance to get one of these blue chip players, which frankly, I don't think there's been many blue chip guys in the last couple of drafts like they are in this draft. So I'm always a guy that says, if it, you know, trade down, get extra picks. I'm always down for that. But given the strength at the top of this class and how quarterbacks are probably going to make up three of the first five or six picks, you can get a top three position player in this draft sitting there at six, Robin. Again, true, legit top five in any draft type of player. How willing would you be to consider moving out of that sixth spot in a draft like this? Well, John, you're such a pro. You, you gave me this compliment before I kind of uh, give you a, a, a wet blanket answer here, you know. So, uh, but what, what I, I guess what I would say is, you know, obviously it depends on the offer that you're getting. But I, I think your point is well made. Um, because I do expect to see some quarterbacks come off the board early. And so that's, of course, going to push down some of these dynamic wide receivers to tie it in the offensive linemen that we agree would make would make an awful lot of sense wearing, you know, big blue. Um, you know, and so that to me is probably going to be too much for me to want to trade down. That said, I think this is a unique draft class and it's because of the NIL um, and the transfer policy that we've seen. I just recently wrote an article about this and started talking to some people, uh, some NFL scouts out there about how this has changed the landscape. And there were just so many young men that would go into the NFL draft because they basically felt trapped. They were lured by the finances of the NFL contract. And now they're getting paid this NIL money or they're just transferring to another school where they feel like they're going to be you know, better utilized and put up even better statistics. So I don't think that the depth of this year's draft is quite as good as it's been in the past. I do agree with you that there's there's definitely some blue chip talent in this year's class that we haven't seen some time in some time. And so for the Giants to be sitting there at number six overall, we're anticipating at least two of you know two of those first five selections are going to be quarterbacks. Again, you're going to have an awfully good football player looking at you. And so if you get a whole bunch of uh, if the trade offers that you get are Obviously, you're going to get a first-round selection, two, perhaps three, depending on how far you're trading down. If you get those type of selections, second and third-round picks, top 100 picks in this draft class, then I'm considering it. If you have a club out there that is going to give you their entire draft board, basically, but it's going to be a lot of fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh-round picks, so you get 10 picks to move down five spots, I would be cautious about that because I don't think that the the value, the depth of this year's class is nearly as rich as it's been in the past. I've heard a lot of people out there uh, kind of suggest that, oh, just trade for next year's draft class. It should be better. I don't know that's going to be the case. I think that the unless we see something change with the Supreme Court and the NCAA, I don't know that the NIL or transfer policy is going to change anytime soon. So I don't think that next year's draft class is necessarily going to be that much deeper than this one is. I mean, I just look again, at the eight... And just look at, sorry for interrupting, the eight Ohio State players that went back, two exactly. or three of which were going to be probably late first-round picks. I yep. mean, you never yep. see that. It's crazy. And I'll just follow one thing because I think you make a good point. I agree. There's a cliff that's going to come late in this draft that's a lot sooner than usual. I'm with you on that. But I do think, at least in my opinion, I'm usually a pretty tough grader, Rob. Usually at the end of this process, I'll have around between 17 and 19 first-round grades on players. As of right now, and I haven't done my final work on guys, I've I've done my kind of my my broad looks. I'm closer to 22 to 24 this year. I do think it's a very very strong top of the draft, even though the depth later on might not be great. I 100% agree with you, and then that's why I think that it is. I think teams are going to be looking to trade out and to acquire those 
day one and day two picks if they can get them. Um, and I don't think that uh, the clubs that are looking to pedal day three selections are going to be able to create quite as much movement at the top. So if the Giants at number six are going to trade down, I think you're talking about a trade down to, from six to eight, six to 10, something like that, not six to 16. Um, you know, those kind of things, just because, again, I don't see the value this year. I agree with uh, dropping off the clip. It's the Mariana's Trench, in my opinion, once you get to about the fifth round, um, just because of, again, the what we talked about, the NIL transfer policy. And then, again, there's a number of players in this year's class that have some medical questions, and that's traditionally where teams have started to kind of roll the dice is about the fifth round. That, to me, is is what you're going to be left with is – uh, selecting a player in the fifth round who might need that medical rupture as a as his first year in the NFL, and for a team like the Giants, they're looking to capitalize again. Presumably, Saquon Barkley is back, and Daniel Jones coming off the injury. You're looking to win now. You're not looking to build for the future when you have a team that's that's built on veterans. And then conversely, Rob, and I promise this is actually the last one. Um, how much would you be willing to give to move up in this class? Right, if the Giants decide. You know, we believe in this quarterback at three, whether it's Drake May or Jaden Daniels, whoever happens to be there. Let's say the Patriots trade for Justin Fields, right? And they don't need a quarterback, but they're willing to move out of three. You know, we've seen this happen before when the Jets moved up three spots in the first round, it was three second round picks. I think given the way this draft is structured, I think it might be more expensive than that. How, and again, you said you do have some, Red flags are strong, but you do have some risk in the top of this quarterback class. How much would you be willing to give to move up? Or would you say, no, 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 I'm going to take the position player and stay put at six? You know, I, I would be intrigued. Just because I have such great confidence in Brian Dable as a head coach um, and his ability to coach quarterbacks specifically, I I would entertain the thought. But at the same time, I don't think I ultimately would want to do that because I do believe that given the, and I'll use red flags, uh, you know, given the red flags I see with Caleb Williams, um, the lack of experience that with Drake May, um, and, you know, the, the, the factor with Jaden Daniels that he, he had such dynamic wide receivers at LSU, I, I see all three of those quarterbacks is in, in some ways very similar. They, they all have unbelievable tape. They also have some, some really scary tape out there as well. And so I'm intrigued by that. I think that the better solution for the Giants is a stamp pad at number six overall. Allow one of those, especially wide receiver, in my opinion, or a pass catcher, because I'm going to throw Bowers into that conversation. Um, but I, I do think that that would be the smarter move, giving the talent that I expect to be on the Giants uh, in terms of veterans moving forward next year. And if you go offensive tackle, you feel pretty good about a wide receiver top of the second round. A good player is going to be there for you, right? No question. But I think you can go either way because I think that the tackle and receiver depth both are, you know, the best in this in this draft class is uh, in terms of top end talent and depth. So I think if you want to go wide, I personally think that the Giants should go for a wide receiver or a tight end at number six, and then come back and get that tackle if you want to tackle. Um, at the top of the second round, I think that the, the value there is still going to be very, very good. Um, if you're going to go the opposite way that I think that the, the tackle depth is, is so good that you could move down a little bit and still be able to get a tackle, a Fotanu, a, a Fuaga, uh, you know, a, a Latham, if you want to really run the football, um, you know, Guyton is 
I, I think is a fantastic player as well. My point is, is if you did want to trade down significantly, then I think that that's the position you're that or wide receiver, the positions that you're targeting, not quarterback. Yeah, I agree. I think the trade down, I think will be offensive tackle in the middle of that first round. I'm with you on that. Rob, tell the folks where they can find your work and anything else you want them to know about. Yeah, well, first off, just thank you, John. It's always great to catch up with you. It's been a while. Um, you know, I write for NFL Draft Analysis for FoxSports.com. Um, you might be able to see the, the BC Lions logo behind me. I am a proud uh, scout for the uh, Canadian Football League's BC Lions um, at, at this point in, in this in the year three for me. Um, and um, I, And if well, it's one of your rivals, I suppose, in a way. Um, Locked on Seahawks, uh, co-host a podcast that is uh, has become, we've been told, is the most popular podcast in the world for the Seahawks. And That's so great. certainly proud of of the accomplishments that we've had on, on that realm as well. Everybody go check out Rob's work. Rob, good stuff, man. It was great catching up with you. We'll talk to you soon. Looking forward to it, John, as always. Take That's care. the Giants Little Podcast brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the Giants. For Rob Rang, I am John Schmelk. Thanks for joining us in the Giants Little Podcast. We'll see you in Indy at the NFL Combine. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.